Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 16 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, last month, I posted on LinkedIn a conversation I had with my son titled, What is Your Favorite Burger Franchise? And I was surprised at how many people enjoyed and responded to the post. It stated the following, Today, my son and I went hiking by the Delaware River. It's one of my favorite things to do in the Lehigh Valley. My son caught me off guard today and said, Dad, what is your favorite burger franchise? You know, I started franchise interviews way before he was even born, and I never realized he even took an interest or was paying attention all these years. And it turned out to be a long and fun conversation. So I never shared with everyone the results of our conversation. One of our favorites we share in common is Jake's Wayback Burgers. And many years ago, we picked up Jake's Burgers on a July 4th holiday. And since that moment, it's kind of become tradition to pick up Jake's on holidays like Memorial Day, which is only four days away, and July 4th. Of course, McDonald's was a big part of the conversation as well. So in honor of Hamburger Month, which is this month, May, we're going to play our interview with Jake's, and we're also going to play a roundtable discussion I had on the movie called The Founder, which is the story of Ray Kroc and the McDonald brothers. So our next hike is scheduled for next week, so perhaps we'll continue the conversation on franchising and podcasting. And I want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day weekend, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over two years now, we've been asking the franchisees one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, and I'm the president of Franchise Interviews. And as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Bill Chimero, the executive vice president of Jake's Wayback Burgers. Wayback Burgers began in 1991 as Jake's Hamburgers with a single restaurant in Newark, Delaware. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Marty. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for coming on the show. You know, I've been following you guys for a while now, and I realize we've never had you on the show, so I'm glad to finally have you on the show today. And we always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning? I am calling from Cheshire, Connecticut, at our corporate offices. You describe the history of Jake's Wayback Burgers, Bill. I mean, they, they have an interesting history, don't they? 
We do. Um, you know, it started back in 1991, like you had mm-hmm. indicated earlier, and yeah. uh, it was really out of a situation where the founder uh, found himself out of work after many years in the accounting business wow. and uh, decided that uh, he wanted to be a little bit more in control of his destiny and uh, mm-hmm. remembered the days of when he worked at a burger joint down in Delaware during his high school and college days, and one thing led to another, and he decided to go into the burger business. Wow. That was in 1991 with what that single store in Newark, Delaware, which was only 900 square feet. It was a wow. proverbial roadside stand. And it's still there, isn't it, Bill? It is. I understand. It is. That's amazing, isn't it? It still has outside bathrooms, so it is uh, definitely a throwback or way back to the time wow. of, of um, burger shacks on the side of the road. Sure, absolutely. I was um, I was at a franchise show recently, Bill, in um, New York, and um, it seems like the typical question when a, a prospective franchisee comes up to a table is, you know, the last the franchisor. So, what do you guys do? How do you typically respond to that question when an aspiring franchisor asks you? Well, I mean, we have great products. Um, our burger has been, you know, quoted as one of the best burgers on the market. It's a proprietary yeah. blend of beef. Our milkshakes, same thing, fresh mm-hmm. fresh ice cream, fresh milk, um, a lot of awards, but it really boils down to the customer's um, reaction to the customer service. I mean, we go above and beyond with our customer service. We, uh, we greet the customers when they come in the store um, at the register. Um, once completing their order, we ask for their name, which in a lot of cases people find that odd, but we, we want to get right. on a first-name basis uh, with regular customers. When they come in, wow. we, we greet them by name. Um, we do bring the food to their tables um, so that they don't have to get up uh, and come to yeah. the register. Uh, and that's the difference between fast food and fast casual. Right. You order at the register and then uh, you're served at your table without tips. So, um, you know, what makes us different, I think, is the fact that we really spend a tremendous amount of time on educating our franchisees on the power of customer service. Wow. And I've heard, too, uh, you know, I've never had... Jake's Burgers before, but I've heard from other people that the burgers are, are truly out of this world, you know, so um, I can see after this show I'm going to be starving after talking <laughs> to you, but <laughs> but I think that's great, though, you know, it's even, it's, it's interesting how, you know, asking for the customer's name, you know, I, I think that's very clever, you know, I mean, what a great way to build rapport, you know, I mean, some businesses, you know, they, they, they deal with the same customers over and over again, and they don't know their name for years, you know, so I, I think that's... Um, very powerful, you know, being part of well, a franchise. Psychologically, one of the most comforting things uh, in the English language is your name. Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I, that's very clever. I love make that. Make them feel special. Absolutely. And, and hence the name Wayback Burgers, because back in the 20s and 30s, at uh, mm. the turn of the century, customer service was a, you know, an expectation. Sure, and, and it was. Today, in today's restaurant world, um, maybe not so. So we want yeah. to bring back the customer service into the limelight saying, you know what, you come into Jake's, we're going to treat you great. And we're going to give you good food, too. Yeah, I love that. I think that's fantastic. I'm sure times have changed, you know, since, you know, 1991. I mean, how has technology played a role in, in the business today, Bill? Well, more so, uh, and this is one of the real attractive features to a Jake's franchise, other than the cost of entry, is the size of the stores. Um, a couple of years ago, we decided to go smaller because of the costs of running right. a store with rent, utilities, and such. problem with that is you have less tables and chairs. So yes. how do you do as much volume as some of the bigger competitors in a, in a smaller footprint? 
uh, technology came into play, and it's really more so now in the restaurant industry as it, than it has been in a long time, and that's online ordering. Our online ordering has increased dramatically to where if you know you're going to go to Jake's for lunch, right. and you know it's going to be crowded, and you know you're going to stand in line for 15, 20 minutes, instead of doing that, you can actually go online to our online ordering service, pick your foods, your drinks, your sides. You tell us what time you're coming into the store right. to pick up your food on a drop-down menu, and you pay for it online one time. So when you come into the store, you skip the line at the register. You go over wow. to the food area, declare your name, which is another part of the reason we get your name, and you can pick up your food uh, in a bag with your name on it. And at that point, you can either sit down and eat if a table or chair is available right. or take it back to the office. And it's so wow. it just seems to be around the lunchtime because everybody goes to lunch at the same time. That's great. Other I love that. technology is our yeah. POS system. I mean, mm. if you are an owner-operator, you have uh, all the information on an hourly basis, right. weekly basis, right at your fingertips as far as sales and what co- constitutes those sales. If you're an investor sitting in your office somewhere else, you can tie into the computer system. You can, If you've installed a camera system, you can actually see what's going on in the store sitting wow. in your office. Once again, you can check your sales hourly. So technology has definitely made it into the restaurant world. Yeah, the technology is fascinating. You know, when you hear about all these different things you can do today, you know, versus back in 1991, it certainly has come a long way, hasn't it? Our ordering service will actually tell, I mean, our computer system will actually tell you every Monday what you need to order from your food supplier with the click of a button. It's like you don't even have to think anymore, do you? I mean, yeah, it's you, don't like... have to walk, you don't have to walk into the freezer anymore. <laughs> oh, it's, it really is something. The, the, the industry that you're in, I, I, I guess we can say it, it, it's pretty big. I don't know if there's any hard numbers, Bill, um, on your industry. Yeah, there there are some hard numbers. I mean, collectively, the burger market, I think, is a $65 billion a year to imagine. market. It's being dominated, of course, by the big three. And it's Burger right. King, McDonald's, and Wendy's. But you know, a lot of these... Um, and economists say that the better burger market or the fast mm-hmm. casual market is right. taking about a twenty twenty five billion dollar slice out of that out of that total wow. amount. So, you, hence you're seeing a lot of the um, concepts like McDonald's and Burger King, Wendy's going with premium burgers. Right. They're starting to name their burgers, and that's one of the attractive features that we've done since 1991. Is we've had we've had a burger of the month and a milkshake of the month since then that we create. Um, and some wild, wow. wild con- concoctions, um, but it's one of the things that a lot of the customers come in every month is to to uh, see what next month's burger of the month is. Wow, that's you know, great. And, and There's and other things on the uh, menu too, isn't there, um, Bill? I mean, I, I understand like it's like you have like house-made potato chips and uh, right. this is a chicken sandwiches and um, it's just a variety. So I mean, you can pretty much go to um, Jake's. I think more often, you know, than, than some of those other places that you may have mentioned. Well, once again, it's it's uh, another part of our attractiveness and one of our positive features is, is the menu. We think that's what really makes us different. Yes, we are definitely a burger place for sure. Right, but right. Even if you love my burgers, which a lot of our customers do, is you can't eat them every day. So sure. where do you go to lunch those other days? Well, you go uh, to other food types. So we made the decision a couple, four or five years ago to make other offerings on the menu that if you really like the service, you like the price points, we're convenient right. to your office or home, and you feel like a salad or maybe it's a day where you're going to count your calories, you can have a nice salad, you can have a grilled chicken sandwich, um, we have crispy chicken sandwiches. So it's morphed into a nice menu that's easy to execute by minimum wage employees, but 
uh, diversified enough that we have something on the menu for everyone. We have veggie burgers. We have turkey burgers. So if you just want to try different things uh, throughout the, the week, we have that available to you. Um, for religious purposes, for the 40 days of sure. Lent, we yeah. come out with the, with the fish, the WB Cod sandwich. So once again, we, we keep move, uh, changing it up for the customers. That's fantastic. What's been one of the most interesting things that have happened to you since since joining Jake's? I'm sure there's a number of different stories, Bill, so it's hard to narrow it down to one, but anything stand out? I, I just think that the um, the one thing that really stands out is the, the amount of customer feedback we get from mm. our franchisee stores, yeah. from, from their customers, and how they enjoyed the atmosphere, um, the attention that they get, um, someone asking them if they would like a refill on their sodas. Um, do they need more napkins? Right. Uh, just, just the feedback that we get, I think it's been the, the biggest surprise. I just, we, we, I guess we didn't really anticipate on how starved for customer service the customers mm-hmm. really are. Wow. That's, that's and that fantastic. was a very positive uh, surprise. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees then, Bill? Well, Another unique feature of ours is we we actually prefer non-restaurant-oriented franchisees. Now, that may sound odd, Interesting. but it means that you don't have any bad habits or you don't have any preconceived right. methodologies that we have to change. So um, do you need to be a burger flipper or a cash register person? No, not at all. We look for people that are have good, solid, strong people skills because that's what that's it's all great. about. You're, you're in the customer service business. You just right. have to be selling burgers for a living. That's something. So what about the training then? I mean, once you decide that, you know, you like them, they like you, and, and, you know, it kind of becomes a marriage after that, how does the training work? Do they typically come to corporate headquarters? How does that work? Well, it's a 25-day program. Okay. Um, the first 10 days uh, is where you're actually going to a certified training store in your area to learn all the ins and outs of the business. So you're actually mm. going to be an unpaid employee of a local store teaching you how to make the burgers and, the, and ring the register and all the cleaning systems. So you know the you know the business inside and out. That's number one. And then you come for five days of training to what we call Wayback University here in Connecticut. That's okay. management training and ownership training where we really really dive down into the details of running a business. And then the last ten days, one of our corporate trainers will come to your store five days before you open to the public. They'll make sure your, your employees are well-trained. Mm. They'll run through the systems with you. We'll have a dry run we call Friends and Family, where we offer free food to the public. Uh, it's for a two-, three-hour event. It's always right. very, very well attended. And then if everything goes well and the trainer thinks that your team is ready to go, they open to the public. And what we do differently than a lot of the other franchise concepts out there is after the store opens to the public, the trainer will stay for another five days to wow. make sure everything goes smoothly. And if there is a problem that the, they, they can jump in and help out, and then they slowly pull themselves out of the involvement on a day-to-day basis. Um, and by the fifth day, they're pretty much doing um, nothing more than observing. That's so great. 25 days important. altogether. Wow, that, that is, that's important. How would you describe, for someone who has no experience in this type of business, this type of franchise, how would you describe a, a typical day if there is such a thing, Bill? Most franchisees arrive in their stores typically about nine. Um, okay. They, you know, for lack of better words, they turn everything on. Right, really, right. And when you buy a franchise, you're really buying a system. 
Sure. Uh, we're very high-tech. Uh, we have our own intranet system where they, if they had any questions, they certainly can go online to the intranet and, and pull up any one of our operations manuals to get the information they need, assuming they can't get a, a franchise coordinator on the phone. Uh, and then their day starts about 9 o'clock, and they'll go through the startup of the day, um, do a little prepping, and typically their first employee, if they're going to be an owner-operator, their first employee comes in around 10 uh-huh. uh, just to do a final um, clean um, and then open to the public at 1030. Um, and then they, you know, most owners will stay till about 4 or 5 right. um, in the day, and then they turn it over to a manager. That's great. I'm sure the day goes by very fast. <laughs> Well, yes. Uh, in the first couple of three months, um, most owners are there just about 24-7. They don't need to be. Sure. They feel they right. have to be. Sure. And then they finally realize that the systems will take care of everything, and they, they start to pull back on their time. That's great. Yeah. What kind of location do you look for? I mean, you mentioned that you know there's not a lot of space that's required you know, to open up a Jake's Way Back Burgers, but um, is there an ideal location? I mean, do you look to be like on a main strip, or how does that work? Yes. Um, well, we actually have five different models now. Uh, we've wow. To that uh, that point, we have the That's standalone, great. which is on the street corner. Okay. Um, then we have the end cap, which is um, you know outdoor dining or even a drive-through. That's the preferred location. That's typically about fifteen, eighteen hundred square feet. Um, in a shopping center, that um, has a lot of exposure. You can see mm-hmm. from the road, a lot of traffic, preferably at a stoplight. Uh, but then we have the inlines, and then the new one, a uh, new kid on the block, is the Wayback Express unit, which is designed for airports, malls, universities, wow. and military bases. That's great. So we can go anywhere from 600 square feet up to about 2,000. Wow. It's nice to have that flexibility, too, isn't it? You know, it's uh, um, it, it's nice for the, the aspiring French entrepreneur, you know, who wants to get involved in your system, you know, that they have a couple different choices that, you know, with some systems it seems like there's just one choice and that's it, you know, so... I think that's fantastic. I mean, one of the real positive things is we have quite a few what they call multi-unit operators that started with mm-hmm. a single store. Right. And then they, they decided that based on uh, their experience in the unit economics that they wanted to do a second store. And their second store might only be a couple miles down the road, but it might be in the mall. So that's we have all great. these different models to accommodate you know the growth based on right. the individual city. That's fantastic. So you've been involved in, in, in franchising for, for a while now, Bill. The majority of our listeners are, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, they have it in their mind that they want to buy a franchise, but we find that most of them don't even know where to begin. What advice would you give to them? Do your homework. Um, and what, what I mean by that is uh, research several different options. Um, and typically, people will start to gravitate towards what they know in life um, yeah, from their true. past experiences or their past skill sets. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that's the best spot for you, but sometimes stepping outside that box and going into different worlds can be exciting. But do your homework, talk to the franchise, or go visit them. Spend a day with them. Go into the stores, talk to franchisees. Get it's all about relationships, mm-hmm. and then then we can do a business deal after if everyone's comfortable with the relationship. So that's what we look at is is um, making sure that everyone's coming in with eyes wide open. Uh, we're not in a big hurry to sell franchises, but it, uh, and going back to your question is they shouldn't be in a hurry to purchase one either. That's Take your true. time, do their homework, talk to a lot of franchisees, get a feel for the level of support, because that's what they're going to need. If they don't yeah. have a restaurant experience, they're going to need a lot of help, a lot of support, backup, guidance, training, um, make sure that's in place. 
um, that would be my advice. No, I think that's I think that's great advice. It's very well said. So, what are the plans for the future for Jake's Way Back Burgers? I mean, well, I'm glad you asked that. I was hoping I was, I was hoping you'd ask that question. We, oh, have, we that have been very last. fortunate. We've been very successful. Um, we grow our stores, uh, our business, one store at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have some multi-unit operators now. We've been discovered by you know, certain brands and their mm-hmm. operators that are now getting into the biz- uh, burger business. But we've now expanded in internationally. Wow. Uh, we have a great partner over in the Middle East that uh, has agreed to um, help us uh, grow 28 countries. Wow. So the growth has been very good. Um, success has been very, very high. Um, so I, I think it all boils down to the fact that we get to know our franchisees before they're franchisees. We want to make sure that we can get get along together and work together. That's fantastic. That's great. I'm looking forward to you coming to uh, our area, by the way. I don't know. Are you guys in eastern Pennsylvania yet, or are you heading close yeah. to our area? Yeah, we uh, eastern Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia market. Pretty much, yeah. We're about like 50 miles from Philadelphia. Yeah, if you go to, you go to www.waybackburgers.com, Okay. You click on the locations tab. I think you'll find four or five stores in that area that you can you can uh, go wow, try. Wow, that's fantastic! That is great. Is that the best way for our listeners to get more information too, Bill, on becoming a franchisee? The website they should go to. Absolutely, absolutely. We we had um, forty new franchisees come on board last year, and twenty two of them wow. were customers at existing stores. I imagine that's probably how it works. I think that's that's great. Well, it's great to finally have you on the show, Bill, and uh, I'd already like to invite you back next year as as you guys continue to grow. Absolutely. Let us know. We'd be more happy to participate. Thanks, Bill. You have a happy fourth, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs along one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, today, Franchise Interviews is celebrating our 15-year anniversary, and today we're going to start our show discussing the topic or the movie called The Founder. Let's go right into our interview. Today we're, we're talking about a, a great movie. It's 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 become one of my favorite movies, and that movie is called The Founder, and it's the story of Ray Kroc. And Ray Kroc is a salesman who turned two brothers' uh, innovative fast food eatery, McDonald's, into the biggest restaurant business in the world with a combination of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. And one of our tasks 
that, that I mentioned to the group was I said, you know, what are three takeaways from the movie? And, uh, you know, Samantha, I'll, I'll start with you. I know, I know it was probably, as you said earlier, you know, there's probably a lot of them. But if you had to list your top three, you know, what, what, did you, what did you get from the movie? Um, one of the first things I got from it is that, you know, the McDonald's brothers themselves really missed out on a, an opportunity to create their own wealth yeah. because yeah. they were too set in their ways and they didn't want to adapt and change. Yes. yes. And, you know, yes. in order to keep your business moving and growing, you have to be able to adapt and be flexible and yes. change with the times and things come in and out. Yeah. It's powerful, Samantha, what you just said, because it's funny. I started reading the um, Walt Disney book um, that I, I kind of recommended to the group. It's a, it's a little bit slow. I'm, I'm listening to the audio version of it. But he, he said, Walt Disney said something that, that you just mentioned about the McDonald brothers. And, and, and a gentleman named Michael Gerber mentioned it to me on my podcast. He said that most businesses fail not because they think too big, but because they think too, they small, think too small, right? Yeah, and yes. as it's like that was kind of like their mindset, right? It was they were kind of, I mean, I mean, you can't take anything away from them. They created this amazing system that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for them. Yeah. But it seemed like they were content, right, with like just San Bernardino, they were content, and, that was it. and they had that philosophy, and that I think that was yeah. very common during that time was, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yes, exactly. It was safe, wasn't it? Um, I think it was yes. a safe mindset, you know, and, and, and there was probably a couple of different reasons that they were that way. But I, I, I thought that was interesting. I think that's, that's a great takeaway, Samantha, because I, I, I got that one as well. Um, what else, Samantha? Did you have anything else that you, you kind of took away um, from the movie? I, then I think the flip side of that, you know, Croc's determination and vision were admirable yeah. because he failed. Yeah plenty of times and yes. various other ventures before this, but, he, you know, he never gave up. He kept persisting. Yes. Right. And he was able to see, say what you will with tactics, but he was able to yep. see how he could make what the McDonald's brothers had started and weren't willing to right. do the changes to make it bigger. Yeah, and take it to another level, you know, and, 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 yeah. and that's that's exactly you know, what he did, you know, I mean, it really was uh, amazing. What, what, what inspires me is that I think Ray Kroc was, I, I don't know if they mentioned his age, and I think they did mention his age in the movie. I said he was in his 50s, right? I think he was kind yeah. of, you know, right, he was like in his young 50s maybe. But that's inspiring, isn't it? I mean, he really didn't make it until his 50s, you know, and I, I guess what we're saying also is, is to, to never give up, you know. Um, Colonel Sanders was another example of that. The, I'm sure both of you know, you know, the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, as I used to know it as when I was a kid, um, and I guess some people call it KFC today. But, I mean, Colonel Sanders, I mean, he really didn't make a big impact until um, I think he was when he started collecting his first Social Security check, and he realized that he couldn't live on that little amount of money on a monthly basis. So he comes up with this idea for Kentucky Fried Chicken. And it, this story goes is that he pitched the idea. They said it was around 1,000. It was a little over 1,000 people. And so he got 1,000 no's. And could you imagine, like, getting the, the response no 1,000 times? You know what I mean? It's just I think most people 
probably would have quit, but he didn't. He found somebody <laughs> that was willing to franchise the KFC concept, and, and then he got his first and his second and his third, and, uh, you know, the, the, the rest is history. So it's kind of inspirational for people. I think a lot of times people think they're too old, you know what I mean, to accomplish something. And I would say you, you, you're never too old, right? Um, and, and, and I think that's a great takeaway, Samantha. That's fantastic. Yeah. Any, anything else, Samantha, before I jump to, jump to Sean? Never. Uh, something about relying on it. Don't rely on just a handshake deal. You know, have yes. It, oh, have big a one. contract, have it documented, because, you know, he was able to, you know, yep. profit, you know, a lot of this was able to happen because yeah. he kind of had a word of mouth or a handshake deal on this stuff instead of an actual yeah. contract. That was shocking, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, you know, to to do any deal based on a handshake, I I I I see what he was but I doing. Think it's more shocking because I don't think it's like something that in this day and age where you know. Right. Exactly. And, and maybe you know McDonald's is probably a case study for that, isn't it? Of why you should never do business based on a handshake. That we can never, as entrepreneurs, do anything without having a solid contract and, and even what's called like an exit strategy, you know, is how are we yeah. going to exit this business, you know, and um, uh, that's a big one, I think, is, is the whole handshake thing. I think that shocked a lot of people, you know. Um, I, think those, I think those are great takeaways, Samantha. Um, it's fantastic. How about you, Sean? I know, I know you, had a, you probably had about 40, but um, if you had to narrow it down to three, what were your top three? I want to hit on what Samantha said last. Um, like the, the McDonald brothers, I think, were set in their ways, small town guys. That the the verbal handshake thing. Like back in the day, that's just what they did. You know, it was yes. they took your word. And, and right. Ray Kroc, that lawyer he got was when he took it to the next level. When that when right. he was in the bank at when he had his house after his wife found out about the mortgage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mortgage the house. And he's sitting there, and that banker's like, no, we're not staying in your credit line. And the guy, right. that lawyer, was sitting there, and he heard him. That was a key turning point, I think, in the company, in the yes. whole movie. When he got that guy, and, you know, in business, you need a great lawyer, you know, a great um, yeah. team to keep right. all those contracts, no holes, no cracks. And that's what we found out with the yeah. McDonald's brothers. They, they, they trusted and had too much faith, I think. Um, which, yeah. okay, I get that. But in business, man, business is business. Um, right. yeah. It's cutthroat. It's ruthless. There is, you know, it's like playing basketball. Michael Jordan would go on the court and he hated your guts for 40 minutes. Yeah. But afterwards, exactly. he's called me yeah. and playing poker with you. So that's why right. I always say never get in business with your friends is because right. it'll never work, right? Right. Um, and I, I wanted to say, like, his vision. He had a vision, and he never, ever shied away from that. He stayed true to himself. He stayed true to his ideas, he, his perseverance. So, like you said, a thousand no's, as in Colonel Sanders' story, right. if he would have quit at 999, KFC wouldn't be KFC. <laughs> right. So exactly. that's why yeah. you have to keep going. I'm reading a book right now called Life Starts at 40. I'm 40, and I'll be 41 next week. Or this oh, week, actually, in four days. That's great. But, um, yeah, so I, I feel better now than I have ever in my life, even when I was 21, you know. Great. Uh, yeah. So yeah. these guys' story are very inspirational. As I was watching this movie, man, I was so inspired. Um, and then his innovation, right? Uh, yeah. The Insta Mix, right? No one believed yeah. in him but himself. In the, right. in the end, at night, when you lay down to go to bed, it's just you. 
unless you have your wife yeah. and you know your significant other. But it's you. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Tomorrow, it's just going to be you. If all, if everybody else fails you, we still got you, man. That's why believing in yourself, having high self confidence, and we saw that in Ray Kroc. In the yeah. end, it was. I don't want to say cocky, but when he was doing that speech in front of the mirror before he was going to go see Reagan, my yes. God, that was so powerful. Yeah, um, it was. And so he was like, fifty-two. Know. I'm I'm forty. So that that's inspiration in itself. Look at Tom Brady. He's forty-four, winning Super Bowls. Yeah, I can never quit, man. I can't quit. So I no. have to be the best I can be. And Red yeah. Sox is a, it, I'm so blessed to be able to watch that movie. It is one of my favorites. Uh, if he didn't get an Oscar, he should. Yeah. Um, but the innovation, so the all paper and plastic when he when he did that, you know, he was all about efficiency. He's that you know, obviously he got that speed routine from the McDonald brothers. Right. But then yeah. he restructured he restructured the menu and made it simple. Right. Right. He forced you, almost the customer, to buy what he would, milkshake or a Coke, a fry, and a burger in the beginning. Right. Uh, and then what, what I never knew about McDonald's was his real estate company. They're the largest real estate holding company in the world right. today. I never knew yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm not a lawyer, don't. man. I don't think McDonald's would be what it is today. Without no. that lawyer, I don't think Rex Brock would have taken it to the next level. Right. Um, maybe he would have. We don't need to question it because it is what it mm-hmm. is, right? Right. They're on every block in any city of the world. They're in right. every country, every continent. Yeah. But, yeah, I was fascinated, man. But then I went to hit on another thing that I just now thought of that I knew this whole time, but it just hit me. The love story and all this. So his wife was very supportive. But then obviously yeah. he was a workaholic, right? Never, always on the road. She kind of didn't give up on him, but yeah. you know, when he met that guy, that uh, restaurateur, the guy in Chicago or Minnesota, mm-hmm. the, his wife that was playing the piano, right? He, she inspired him, and when he saw her uh, with the idea of the instant mix at dinner, and he drank that yeah. milkshake, and then yeah. they show him having that conversation in private yeah. with each other. Yeah. They fell in right. love. Right? Yeah. And then they lived till he died in 84. They were married, happily ever after. They, I think you need somebody. I was just thinking, like, your significant other has to be all in with you, man. And yeah. They should inspire you. Uh, they should keep you going. They should always have your uh, back. Um, and I, we saw that with that relationship. Uh, yeah. And that guy knew it. Um, yeah. When he saw it, Ray Kroc staring at her from the dinner table yeah, while she was playing the piano. He right. knew it was a matter of time. And then his friends even saw, like, man, they're going to be together at some point. I read yeah, that. that was a yeah. powerful between scene, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. That movie was I'm, – I'm surprised I never uh, heard about it, but, my God, it's very fascinating. And it's inspiration, man. Uh, yeah. Just to never give up on your dreams. Always keep going. Yeah. Even if the world doesn't agree with your idea, don't ever discount yourself. It, just work towards that dream. Anything is possible, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm blessed to have been able to be a part of this. Uh, thank you, Dr. Marty. Oh, no, absolutely. It, it's, I'm glad that you, Sean and Samantha, you know, liked it so much. It, it, it's funny because, you know, I can tell you, I, I mean, I could watch the movie tonight again if I wanted to. You know, I could watch it yeah. over yeah. and over again. I don't know why. It just, I, I just, I never get bored of it, you know. But it, it, it's interesting, um, you know, what you were saying, Sean, earlier is that, you know, McDonald's, because of that one gentleman, I, I think he plays a part on – He's one, of, he's one of the characters in The Office, you know, but he played a great role in the movie. Um, 
when he when he said to Ray Kroc that he goes, "You're not in the hamburger business. You're in the land business." And you're yeah, right. You're that was land, that's what changed everything, right? Because McDonald's, yeah. right? They're in the land yeah. business. When you look at their balance sheet and you look at you know what they own in assets in terms of land, that changed the whole business model, didn't it? I mean, yeah, because it was um, at a point in his life. Like I, that's why I said if it wasn't for that lawyer, he, we, it might not have been McDonald's because that was an important right. life. He was about to lose his house. He was in he was in debt. He was right. he wasn't even yeah. covering his expenses. Right. That lawyer, when they started leasing the land that they bought the McDonald's on, that these franchise, franchisees put their McDonald's on, uh, it changed the game. And now right. it's the biggest real estate yeah. company in the world. I think that's what it said at the end. One yeah, I think it, it said at the end of the movie. Right, yes, I think yeah. it did. Because, right, McDonald's owns, I think they have, and I don't know if they own the land to all of it, but, I mean, I think they're up to, like, thirty-three or 36,000 units, you know? So, I mean, it, yeah. it's probably somewhere in that area. That's amazing, isn't it? If you take 33,000 wow. and multiply it by an acre or two of land, um, I mean, it, 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 it's astronomical, you know? So yeah. there, there were a lot of people that were involved in the whole thing, you know? It, it, it's funny, when, when I was thinking of, it, there was a lot of things I didn't know before until I actually saw the movie. I didn't realize that McDonald's did start franchising the concept before Ray Kroc even came to town. I, I didn't realize, and if you remember, they had some problems with, it was called quality control. In other words, yeah. their franchisees were selling hot dogs, right, and uh, barbecue yeah. chicken, and it was just, it, yeah. it was crazy. They just weren't following the rules. So I think they said, you know what, this is, this is just not worth it, you know. But where Ray Kroc took it to another level was he wanted to make sure that the franchisees that he took on did follow the rules. And I guess the mistake yeah. he made, right, was that he sold a, a couple to his friends. There was that scene on the golf course where uh, he, he was yelling at He said, what the hell is this? What kind of hamburger? You know, it has lettuce on it. And um, th they weren't following the system yeah. and, and and the 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 best franchisee it seems like he got initially was i don't know if you remember the scene uh where there was a gentleman he was selling bibles you know and he was yeah. selling a bible in the office oh, okay, yep. you remember that scene and then yes. and then he approached he him gave and him he a says, chance yeah he gave him I a chance i think he reminded him of himself yes that's probably what it was yeah. and you, you you could take any scene from the movie by the way and we could probably talk about any scene for hours but i think that's probably yeah, what happened there was he said you know what this is who i need to be going after you know in marketing we talk about like yeah target audience you know and and these guys that he was selling franchises to that those weren't good franchisees for the mcdonald's systems he needed the the average person, you know what I mean? The average yeah. you know, yeah. husband, wife, family, you know, somebody who, who's working really hard but has this tremendous opportunity to make a lot of money if they purchase a McDonald's. And I imagine that if that man was the first franchisee to McDonald's, he must have been worth a fortune by you know by the time he sold it you know and 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 that was great for him. Um, the, the the scene um, on the tennis court. That was one of my favorite scenes too. I don't know if you remember that, but they were they had all these young gentlemen and they were trying to create the system for McDonald's, the two McDonald brothers. Yeah. Um, because that's yeah. what yeah, McDonald's job, really was, job, right? Yeah. Yes, it was like the speedy system, you know, and um yeah. that's why that's why, you know, they the McDonald's brothers purchased they purchased eight 
I think it was eight milkshake machines from Ray Kroc. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Kroc, right? He was having a hard time selling these things. He, he couldn't sell them to the average uh, restaurateur, but these McDonald brothers, they agreed with Ray Kroc's philosophy. Is the more supply they had, the more milkshakes they could sell, and the more uh, burgers they had, the more that they could sell, and, and, and it worked, you know, and that's why they, they became initially, probably it was, it was his biggest sale, to sell eight of these machines in one location. Um, yeah. But you know, the whole system, you know, just systematizing it on the, on the, on the, 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 the tennis uh, court was just, um, I love that scene as well. You know, I thought that it's was a, terrific. Yeah, good scene. It was. It was fantastic, Samantha. I, I've showed that to um, I've showed that to um, my students in the past. You know that I've worked with when we talk about you know um, processes and systems and things like that. It's 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 a great model um, to 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 show to people. You know, but um, I think I think those are great takeaways. If for anyone who's listening to this again, if you haven't seen the movie, um, you know Samantha, Sean, and I could would certainly. Say it's it's not a waste of time, is it, to watch the movie? I mean, definitely um, not. Right? I think you'll get everybody can get something out of it, Samantha, from a business perspective or um, a life perspective. Probably something different every, out of every time you can yes, watch exactly. it again and again and take away something <laughs> that you didn't take away. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny because I feel like watching it again tonight after talking to both of you. You know, like what I, I mean? said, so, we can have this conversation tomorrow. And, and right, yeah. and it'll be a totally different conversation, and we'll pick up something yeah. else. You know, it's yeah, it really is classic. I, I would love to be able to show it to to my students in the classroom, but you know, there's copyright issues and things like that, of yeah. course. But um, you know, but nevertheless, I mean, it was it was great. So I, I was so happy, you know, that both of you, you know, decided to participate in this, you know. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to franchise interviews franchise interviews.